0: Special guest, come on, Noel Burgess. He is a wine journalist and just that guy, my, really my, one of my close homies within the industry. So I'm happy to have him on to talk about his perspective on today's topic. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into this thing, baby. Within the black community, there is an unspoken expectation to promote and support black-owned businesses. However, the requirements for this expectation varies from person to person. Do you dedicate your life's work to the black community? Is there space to exist as a business apart from your ethnicity? Are we obligated to abstain from primarily white spaces if we are the only person of color invited in the room? Today, we are joined by my guy, Noel Burgess. He is a wine journalist promoting inclusive diversity in wine, food, and travel. His work focuses on the place, the product, and most importantly, ha <laughs> The people. How you doing, well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Much better, Miss Daniel. Always a pleasure.
0: Always right, a pleasure. Girl. I thought you were going to come on here and be mean to me, but you're actually being nice.
1: Mm, well, you know, we still got about thirty more minutes. So there's uh, still time for it. Let me just check my okay. We got some time. See,
0: y'all see how it is.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just waiting for you to start singing. So, you know, it's okay. You know I'm gonna yeah. sing a
0: little bit something. It's it just it it just happens. It's not it's out of my control. Okay. <laughs> but let's go ahead and just jump right on into this thing. Um so um, I would love to kind of hear your story who you are from your perspective and then your thoughts on the topic you can just d- dive right in or I'll help you out later on but just tell us who you are
1: done so Noelle Burgess um grew up in Connecticut now living on the west coast um I will be a big 42 next week it's crazy right like I know Woo <laughs> I know. It, I, I think that number signifies how many gray hairs have come in. Like every time I'm in the mirror, it's like another one pops in and I'm just like, all right, like, welcome, welcome to your 40s. I
0: like the uh, salt and pepper.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's 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 kind of working. You know, it was, a, it was a minute where people were like, you should like pluck them out. And I was like, I ain't got time for that. And then, you know, because, you know, like one or two people get up close and they're like, oh, OK, that's hair. Right. <laughs> like, you know, they're ready. Like you got something in your beard. Now it's kind of like, oh, we, we see it coming in. But Love and Lovin' this Fabulous 40s. And um, my short story is, got into this whole wine game during the pandemic. I'm sitting here and I don't get California cold because I grew up in Connecticut. So it's 50 something degrees, I need to be outside. And I'm just like, where can I be and be safe? And really it was wineries, right? You could be sitting at one end of the table, I'm sitting at the other, we're having a great conversation, have a little cab because it's back in March and April, and we're good to go.
0: Okay, so that's how you got into wine, but how did you mm-hmm. actually begin that journey of being a
1: journalist? So my uh, my mentor and friend, Julia Coney, right? So I'm on Clubhouse, when Clubhouse was a thing, and this is probably the end of 2020, maybe early 2021, right? People right. still really were going out. And at that point, I had become a pretty decent content creator. And I had a little blog, you know, a couple of followers and Julia was on the clubhouse and was talking about wine, of course, and diversity. And then at the end, she offered up this opportunity to like, hey, anybody interested in learning more about that or how to, you know, get into writing, reach out. She tells me later that I'm the only person on this call. Now, mind you, there are several hundred people on this call. I'm the only person on this call that actually emailed her and was like, you know, hey, said like said something. Because to me, like, I wasn't going to waste an opportunity. Here's Here's a person that's already in the game. You know, at that point, she had already won the Social Visionary Award for Wine Enthusiast. I mean, well known, right? And she's offering up an opportunity to do what like you and I do, right? Like that's able to skip some steps, right? And I was like, let me just email her and see like what's going on. She's like, oh, okay. Like I've read your blog. Your writing is pretty good. I'm a contributing editor over at Vine Pair. Send me something. If it's good, we'll check, we'll go through it. And i'll get you published i sent her something within a couple of weeks she got back to me immediately probably within about 24 hours next thing you know a month later my first article is up on VinePair, pair and that was i also no, think right. march of 2021 and here we are right 15 16 20 articles later i guess i'm a i'm a journalist
0: okay come on y'all can we show <laughs> some love that is a beautiful story well, a lot of people don't know this about the industry mm-hmm. um, because it gets paint- the industry gets painted like uh, only certain people are invited in the room. And the reality is most people I know, including my story, started with a, someone within the industry reaching back and inviting people here, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that. I, I want to take a moment to make sure that the listeners are recognizing that this industry is actually way more inclusive, way more accepting than it appears to be
1: however Mm -hmm.
0: i mean i think that's a nice little segue into the topic at hand yeah all right all right so i know that (laughs) as a content creator especially an african-american one there are these expectations that we talked about at the top of the um, podcast right Mm -hmm. um do we dedicate our entire wine experience to the black community do we allow ourselves to be the only one in certain rooms or Mm -hmm. are we supposed to be kind of in this middle I know what my thoughts are, but I would love to begin with yours, and then we'll just kind of bounce back and forth. What do you? What are your thoughts on the topic?
1: I mean, you know, I have a lot of personal history from this, right? I am a Black Jamaican that is, uh, I guess, I'm Gen X because I'm an '80s baby, right? So I had um, analog childhood, digital adulthood. I grew up in Connecticut, and I'm mostly white and like white neighborhood parents are formal like formally edgy like educated um and i work in tech you know like i just if code switching was an olympic sport i would have more gold medals Live than <laughs> right i mean <laughs> sin, right so you know for me you know especially in the 80s and i don't want to play old man burgess but you know it's in in the 80s at least my perception was it was this thing where Blackness was defined by like lawlessness or or you know, I mean, like you're holding up the fact that you don't have a lot, of like a lot of resources. And, you know, for me growing up, it was hard. I mean, I've probably been called an uncle Tom or a sellout more times than I can, you know, because I'm the kid for, you know, orientation in middle school showing up in like a blazer and a and, you know, in a in a turtleneck, right? I'm the one that didn't curse until, you know, like high school, right? Like that was just that was just me, um, you know. I'm in honors classes, right? Like that was. I rather have a book in my hand than anything else, right? At that at that point, so you know, for me, it's you know, it's it's always personal when I hear these things about, well, you don't support us enough, or you don't you don't do these things, and I'm like, well, what does that support look like? Mm-hmm. Because you know, Julia, you know, Coney will say, and then you know, I also believe this. I can't just lend my support to you because we share a certain background in a race, right like right. you have to be you have to be ready. will I provide opportunities you know with my limited resources for those that are showing they're about something absolutely but when your product or your philosophy is not aligned with mine, while I may not speak against you, I can't just throw my support and it's the the overarching reason is, I don't want people outside of our community to say, well, you know what? The only reason ISIS reached out to Noel is because he's black. Like that doesn't do anything for our message because Come on. we don't own enough to be able to have that kind of, you know what I mean? Like influence. Like mm-hmm. someone's going to look at that and be like, yeah, they're not qualified. So clearly this is just a, a racial or a gender thing. And that's like, that's important. Like that's important to me. I cannot, dilute my agenda or message just because someone else, you know, shares some kind of kin- like kinship. So I think that's, that's the first thing. Yeah, I'll go back to what I, what I'm talking about when, it, when I mean resources, I feel in the fir- in the last 30, 40 years, black people in this country have a lot more resources than they did when I was first born by like, by far, there are more black millionaires and billionaires and owners than there ever was, you know, in the, in the eighties. So while we while we have come up when it comes to our resources some of these places that you and I are now in we don't have any experience with them so right so we have we have the knowledge but we don't have the experience right because you know we didn't show up to the Kentucky Derby like you did 30 40 50 years ago right so, you know so now you have the you have the resources and you have the knowledge but now you're lacking experience so to me when I'm in these places that Some people feel I don't belong on both sides. I want individuals to know, like, it's okay to flaunt your education, to flaunt the resources you have in these areas that we should have always been in. So when I go to a winery in Napa, and you know, I put on my three-piece suit for dinner, like, you know, I'm not gonna lie, in my wingtip shoes, it's right, right. It's because come on,
0: wingtip shoes,
1: right? Right? (laughs) It's because I, I belong, I belong there. And for anyone to think that I don't, and this isn't talking to the Black community, that I don't belong here or I'm selling out or I'm trying to be white or fit in with these people, that's not what it is. Through through my struggles, through my education, through my knowledge, through my personality, I'm in that room and I'm not going anywhere. And I'm not gonna let anyone take me take me away from that. And I am no hero and, you know, Fine, you admire me. I, I really do appreciate that. But I hope there's a younger generation that looks at that and's like, you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to the Kentucky Derby like ISIS did. I'm gonna go to this wine dinner because I love wine and I have resources and I want to enjoy them and I'm gonna be here. And yeah, heads might turn for a quick minute and be like, What are you doing here? But then in the end, they're gonna be like, All right, you do belong here, as we Thank always you. have. And we
0: always have. I think I agree with so much that you were saying on many different fronts, because, as you know, yes, I have been in many spaces within one the only person of color. Mm-hmm. Right. So person of color across the board. And I personally believe that there, it's important for all ends of the spectrum to be covered mm-hmm. down to the person being the only one in the room to someone who has access to all spaces and make sure that they are taking advantage of all spaces and representing, just as important as people like Bent Noir, Nicole, whose focus is promoting black wineries, right? So I think that every space is important, but it's also important that we as a community stop trying to take away the black (laughs) card, okay? Because our identity is not one and the same yes, we might all be black, but our experiences are different. Being a military brat, yes, come on, Navy, (laughs) boo-boo. And then also attending um, PWIs, I know, just like you were saying, how to code switch. And I believe that is why I'm able to kind of slip in and out of different groups because I love culture and I love people. And I understand that it's not just about um, your ethnicity. However, Mm -hmm there are moments um, within my wine journey where I've gone out of my way to support and highlight brands that I do support. So I would Mm -hmm. love to hear your thoughts on that. I know that you were talking about other brands that you're like, just because we share this one common detail does not mean that I'm going to showcase your wines. Are you actually going out and trying to find these wineries that are worth the publication?
1: I absolutely do. So, I mean, I'm combing through as much resources, resources as possible. There are, you know, whether it's, and they're not just wineries, brands in general or, or individuals, right? So show me the, the black or brown winemaker or sales or sales rep or advocate, or like what, like whatever it is, you could be selling corkscrews. Like I look through those lists as possible, like much as possible and try to reach out and see if I can get a free sample, or talk to those individuals, but I mean, it's a it's a two sided relationship like anything else. I think you and I, I are, are at this point pretty visible, and I'm easily accessible whether it's through email, telephone, you know, um, my D, you know DMing me, what, like whatever it is. And my thing is reach reach out. This is what this is what I can guarantee um, for the Black and Brown community. I guarantee you, if you reach out, you will get a response. I guarantee that you will get a look. I cannot guarantee that I can throw my support behind something until I fully investigate that. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's two-sided. Part of it is the product has to be, like I said, it has to warrant it. Mm -hmm. The other part of it is what's going to be the perception, right? And this is some inside tea right here. What's going to be a perception for people outside of it? Are they people always going to whisper and chatter and chirp about, well, Again, I just know well do these things because they're black. That's fine, but I need also the the other part of the story is well, this is this is an actual great product, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's right. that's what I need. So the the handouts that I think sometimes people want and then get upset because you don't do. I'm just like I don't I don't want to give you a handout. I think that's insulting to give anyone a handout for something they're not like. I feel like they're not ready for or the product is just not ready. What I can do is give a helping hand in the sense of you need an opportunity or awareness, and I'm always up for doing something like that.
0: So I think I want to take a slight pivot because I think another um, issue within our community is that they don't know what we actually go through. (laughs) And, you know, can we just talk about that for a second? Because we are doing the work by being in these spaces that we are typically not welcomed, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people outside looking in, they think, well, I've heard I've had conversations with people and as far as what their perception is of black people who are able to exist in very white spaces, especially being yep. the token. Mm -hmm. But there's so many times that we sacrifice our comfort just for the sake of being there so that that door is open. I remember, I'm not going to say the winery.
1: All right. All (laughs) right. I'm not
0: going to say the winery. We don't
1: don't want no trouble today.
0: Okay. But there was a winery that they were very sweet to me. However, their clientele wasn't. So I went to this Mm -hmm. fabulous dinner. I went Mm -hmm. in there. Everyone, oh my gosh, Isis, how you doing? And these are people from the winery. But their guests literally would look at me and
1: Dagger. I would smile
0: Dagger. and they would look away like why is she Woo! here but Woo! it's important that I experience that number 1 to keep me going because that's motivation for me mm-hmm. right like yo you don't want me here well i belong Good. here deal with Good. it but also if i'm in that space and you get used to me being in that space when the next person comes now exactly. we are opening that door but if we don't endure that pain that disrespect then we're not going to actually open the opportunity for change, right? So do you have any stories like that? Just so the people know, it's not all uh, cupcakes and roses. It's,
1: it's it's not. I mean, I got to, so I've been in California for about seven, eight years. And, you know, I was, I remember when I first got introduced to wine, like wineries. And I was, you know, I was going hard for about a year or two. And then I went to again a winery that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say. I will I will say what region it was it was in. It was in it was in Napa. You know, I similar to you walked in and was treated poorly. Assumptions were made, like, oh, okay, like, well, this is our cheapest wine and and you know, oh. talking and talking down. Talk
0: about that because that's I, one of
1: my pet peeves.
0: Oh, don't assume my palate just because I'm black.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was crazy. And I'm just sitting here looking, and I'm just like. You know i was like i work in tech i was like i got ends i was like yeah i'll buy i was like right like i was like i'll buy some. like i'll buy some cases i got money my money green too yeah i was like i got some i was like i got some ends and i'm just like what like what do you i'm like sitting here looking at them and i'm just like you know it was one of those moments where i was like okay 20 years ago you might have got some words but i was just like you know i'm a grown-ass man now i was like you can't you know, because it was it was getting to the point where you know, I feel like I have a lot of patience and and give a lot of grace. And I was reaching my you know limit where I was just like, you know what, I got to get up and go. And I didn't go back to a winery for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, at at yeah. the, at that point. And um, you know, it was it was hard. And to your point, it's even now professionally where you know you and I we get sought out to come in into these places again by the winery right. or the PR firm. They're they're thrilled to have us. But then sometimes some of the guests is like you hear that record scratch, right? And yeah. it's just like and the people's head turn. And I'm just like, you know, like, look, um, you know, and I'm I'm being tongue in cheek with this, but I'm like, I'm the, I'm the the, the safe black, you know, Barack Obama type
0: of <laughs> Oh, black don't say man. that. <laughs> don't say you're one of the good ones. We're not gonna do that. Okay. We are not gonna no, do that. No, I'm on not
1: saying I'm not saying one of the good ones. I'm saying I'm the one that like. You know, I think you and I share that we're like you're. We're the ones that you can digest right away, just on like perception, like mm-hmm. not one. The, like, there's no good and bad. I'm just like, like what? And if you get offended, if you get offended over me, like what's what's going what's going to happen when you get a different type of black person like coming like coming up there, right? And-, right. and Which is and, something
0: that we got to talk about because a lot yeah. of people, and I think that's. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I do think that's a point that we should stay on. Because I think that's the issue within our community. You have yeah. people's idea of a digestible black person and a black person that's not so digestible. And exactly. the problem with that is that we are all people. And just mm. like every other ethnicity gets to have their their types and they're that's still right. welcome in spaces, we, do, we, don't. we deserve that as well. But I'm sorry. We don't. No, no,
1: it's, it's, it's a, you know, and when we, we can really get deep into it about colorism within the black community and like all like it's, it's a, it's a big deal. You look at commercials and stuff like what do you see you don't see the dark skin brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, back it's, back. it's, it's, it's lighter and it's the straighter hair and it's, it's that it's that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right, the digestible. And it's it's not right. And like I said, I brought it up because I'm just like, well, from their perspective, I'm I'm the type of black person that they like they want. And mm-hmm. you're still and you're still acting like this. So, right. So it's it's hard. It's hard. Or, um, you know, and I, and, I, and I think about it sometimes like, well, if I was not in the industry, would I be accepted, you know, in the mm-hmm. same in the same way? So what do you mean point, by
0: that? What do you mean? Accepted by whom?
1: um by you know the the vintners or the the proprietors or the brand you know the brand owners because i'm a journalist and content creator i'm coming and providing a service you know it's it's all smiles but if i was just the average person who just came in and booked the reservation Mm. would i would i get the same would i get the same kind of treatment that's
0: such a good topic oh my
1: god and that's and that's and that's and that's the question it's really hard to to figure out. I think when when I press upon those brands or those places to see, like, okay, so I'm me and I'm coming in as a journalist. So you're you're rolling out the VIP like red carpet, right? Well, you know, I'll look to the left or right and I'm like, okay, so let's talk about wineries. Is there a black or brown or female winemaker, tasting room manager? Is every person of color um serving or they're in the vineyard, are they in the vineyard? are they are they front of house, right? Mm-hmm. Are you giving, are you providing educational opportunities, giving back to the community charity? like those are the things that beyond just this momentary of like Noel Burgess wine journalist is coming in and you're rolling out the red carpet because you're going to get a story out of it or some awareness, what in the periphery, what are you doing? And those are the things I pay attention to. So when someone says, well, what winery should I go to? I'm like, all right, I got a list and here's here's the reason why or why not.
0: I love that. I love that. I love that you even took a moment to talk about what it is that you actually do. Because mm-hmm. again, we have to understand which spaces that we are welcome. And mm-hmm. if you are not in these rooms, how would you know? So I think that um, kind of diving in a little bit deeper on what you were just talking about, what are some telltales that you look for so you can Mm. tell the difference between when they're catering to you or this is just their standard of service?
1: Well, I mean, you know, since this podcast is going to go, I don't mind giving away the secret because I mean, it's still, it's still doable. I can still go under the radar, especially when I'm outside of Northern California. One of the things I'll do is I'll go there before the official visit and just give either booking under a friend's name and be their plus one and just kind of like go under the radar and take a look or take a look around. That's one thing.
0: Oh man. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> one, that's one thing. That's one thing I'll do. Online resources to me are great like, like looking up X Winery. Let's just start with um the aesthetics on their website. Are there any people of color in their media photos that look like, you know, you and I is there is there anything? Mm -hmm. seeing any charitable you know in the in the communities underrepresented communities do they give back you know at at all do they have any female leadership right those are things that um i take a look at when it comes to economics it's hard for me to support a winery where their cheapest wine is a rose starting at 80 dollars so because it's like even right? it's like even though the wine is'm just like a, a eighty dollars rose, hmm, and that's your cheapest that's your cheapest wine, not a real great entry point for those that don't have a lot of a lot of um uh, you know resources, right? So those are the things. Um it'll probably take more than a couple hours to get into just the it's you'll understand this, but just the communication style with me. Just some of the things right. they like the inclusive. It's just you know sometimes someone will make these comments and you're just kind of like again the side eye comes up. I look like my mother when I'm doing this, like the head cocking <laughs> <through the tongue laughs> kind man. of like. Or when I get invited, it's always these super performative things where you know like I'll get invited to a huge event where there'll be like a lot of press there or an opportunity. It's like well Noel. We, you know, I'm at the center table with, you know, with the vintners and the and the winemaker stuff like that. But then when I try to reach out to those individuals outside of those performative moments, crickets. And I'm like, yeah, interesting. I was your best friend when we when we were sitting at this festival, right, with a thousand people, and I see that like my picture has been plastered across like you know the paper or or your media on your website. But then I'm just like hey you know you want to you know you want to grab a drink you want to grab lunch can't can't find you apb out on you can't can't find you so it's it's that kind of stuff where i'm like okay you don't really do you really care about knowing knowing me or is it just more so i'm being used as a prop um right for your for your brand and you know again it's not to cut you off it's okay in one in one respect because and we can get into this playing the long game for me is important. If you're going to use me as a pro I'm going to use that notoriety to provide other opportunities. That's the long game. And that's the sellout part in the, that bothers me where I'm like, y'all are playing checkers and I'm playing chess, right? Someone, yeah, I remember I the crap, right? Remember the crap that Jay-Z got right for joining. I'm like, do you understand what he's trying, like what he's trying to do now? He's in those rooms, right? Even if they're using him in a performative way, He's in those rooms now with the other owners. He's the one that's literally using those relationships so he can become, you hear the uh, tripping now about him and uh, Bezos are probably going to buy a team, which makes him the first black majority owner of the National Football League. Do you think that just happened? He can't do that from the outside. He had to be in those rooms. And then once he's an owner, what is he going to do? What is he going to do, Isaac? Is he going to have a general manager and a president that looks like you and I, that's qualified, right? He's going to have people Mm. in the front. Like, that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, think the long game, right? You and I have to be in these positions so others have an easier road to get there. Yes, they still got to work for it. Yes, they still have to be fucking credible. But it's like, now it's like, you're going to get looks a lot faster and not have to jump through 50 hoops to get something they always deserved. And that's that's the larger play here. That's what I want to do.
0: You know what you're saying? It was a something I... I wanted to talk about, but I wasn't sure if it was gonna fit. So there is a book that I read in my youth. Uh-huh. Um, it's called A Spook Who Sat By the Door. Do you know that book? I do. Okay. And of course, the end, we are not promoting any violence or anything mm-hmm. bad. Okay. Let's mm-hmm. just, if you read the book, it's That's right not the end game of that book is not what we're going for. However, his method is The Spook Who Sat By the Door was able to be in black spaces, white spaces, and he was Mm -hmm. able to assimilate as Mm -hmm. necessary. When we talk about code switching, that's what we're essentially talking about. You can be who you are in every space and still know how to show up so that people hear you and receive you. That is not being fake. That's not being Uncle Tom. That's being effective. I just want to put that out there just in case Mm -hmm. someone needed to hear it. But it's important that we highlight that we need to be able to be in these spaces. And sometimes it is that long game. Sometimes you just have to invest that time and make those relationships so that as you grow, you can make or be a part of the real big decisions. And that's what you're saying, right? So I love that you said that because that was something I wanted to talk about, but I wasn't sure. (laughs) (laughs) It was going to be appropriate.
1: No, I mean, it's important, right? Like the Oprah's and Tyler Perry's that own something, Mm -hmm. right? There's not enough of us there. So we have to be... In these spaces, right, to understand like their true positions of power, where real, de- like, look, you and I both know, there, there's the room, and then there's the the figurative back room where real decisions are made. When you come to a meeting, you're not making decisions in those meetings, right? right. Like You're making meeting- a
0: choice out of the choices that they provided after their
1: exactly. meeting. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. In in the in the meeting, right. So in, until you're in those rooms, right you you just you can't you're not going to have the level of access you're not going to own the means of production right um the my recent story for food and wine that came out um shout out to Ray Isle that gave me that gave me an opportunity it was like noel you're ready and i wrote a piece on CJ McCollum and there's a lot of celebrities and it's all great right i'm glad that again black people have the resources now to start these these wine brands right because 34 years ago we just didn't but to me, what the the reason why he stands out is, he bought a vineyard. So now he owns a means of production. People have to come to him for grapes, right? He'll be in those rooms when the real decisions are are made. So again, no knock on any celebrity or athlete that loves wine and starts a brand like brand and cares about it. Mm-hmm. But to me, the boss move, the the next move is well, do you own this? Tyler Perry owns a studio where now, you know, Black Panther and other films are being shot there. He has more Black and Brown and, and BIPOC individual on his staff at a movie theater. And movies are the way that we tell stories about life and influence in the field. Now he has influence over, right, a nation, a, yeah. a world through the movies that he's producing that, that at studios that he owns. We don't have enough of that because, The second you try to advance, you know, as a a black or brown individual, yes, you're going to get, you're going to catch crap from people outside your race in your community, but then you also catch crap from the ones in it when you're trying to do more and uplift that community. And that, I mean, it hurts sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to let it stop me, but I'm also human. That stuff, that stuff hurts. And, you know,
0: I want to make sure that everyone's voice is represented in this podcast because mm-hmm. um, I remember I was talking to my mom. Y'all know I talk to my mom about everything. So we're just going to get mm-hmm. past that. Um, but she and I were discussing this topic before we actually began this interview. Right. And she obviously agrees with you. However, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I feel like I, there's this other part, this devil's advocate part that we have to acknowledge. Um, and pretty much this is what my thoughts were. When we talk about primarily white brands, they are, to a certain extent, marketing to their clientele, which is majority white clientele, right? And Mm -hmm. so there's this idea that the reason a lot of black and brown people are not necessarily interested in wine is because when they look at it, it doesn't look like them. And so the challenge is when we are making content as African-American people or just people of color, right, if we are creating content where our followers who happen to look like us don't see us, mm-hmm. are they feeling, well, are they, um, should we validate them to a certain extent saying, I understand that you don't feel you see enough of yourself within my content in a, in an industry where you're already not represented. Do you feel mm-hmm. like there is a um, obligation for us to step up in other ways just so that they feel seen within our content?
1: Yes. I mean, I, you know, I try to, you know, cause again, I wear two hats, right? I wear the journalist hat and then the content creator hat. So I, let me start with the journalist one. Um, the majority of my stories have some type of diversity twist. And if they don't, I do my best to include them. So when I'm doing a roundup or I'm talking about something, I, I always look at them like, well, who can I include that's competent and ready from our community, you know, in, in this story? right? So I'll make sure that we're represented in some way, shape, or form. Um, so that's the first thing. From a content creation part where I'm getting paid by a brand to do a certain thing, it's a little bit more difficult. I don't have the same kind of license, and I know you understand. So they're saying, well, we want X, Y, and Z within this framework, and it's a little bit more difficult to to insert my authority right when when like i'm being paid to do something but i always try to speak up when it comes to these things so let's take a influencer campaign or tour and a brand will ask me well what other influencers that do you know there's an opportunity for me to say well i know the millennial psalm right so (laughs) so so then I'm going to br- like, I'm going to bring you in and bring others. So that's, that's an opportunity to, to do those things. Or when I have discussions for the winemakers or vintners that are not dealing with the performative and they actually do grab lunch or dinner with me and it's one-on-one, that's when I have the conversation. I'm like, I want you to get to know me. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully they open up where they start having those real conversations, even if they say the wrong adjective or they say the wrong thing it's like okay let's have that conversation let me tell you why it's going to help your brand by advertising um to more individuals than the 65 year old white male come on this is you know me this is these are the times to have the conversation calling someone out in a public forum can be effective, but it's not the only way to be effective. Sometimes it can be a deterrent where that person gets personally offended, they're trying to do the right thing, but now you've clowned or embarrassed them. So are they going to give you what you want? Not. I mean, you could force their hand, but how is that going to work? Right. One-on-one, I feel like it would be more convincing, where it's me and this individual sitting at their dinner table, sitting at a restaurant in downtown Sonoma or San Francisco, and we're just having a conversation about our communities, our families and what we see. I feel my short amount of time, I have made more of a change or gotten more insight from those kind of conversations. And then all of a sudden I'll get a ping or a, a text message and say, here's this opportunity to do X or here's the opportunity to do Y, or, hey, I wanna fly you out here because I recommended you for a conference. That's another way to spread like what, I'm, what I want to achieve um, in my narratives and just get more insight into how things really work.
0: Yeah, you know, it, you were reminding me of a point that I made back in 2020 when we were just going through trauma after trauma. And there were a lot of content creators, black content creators who were just tired of certain conversations. And mm-hmm. even at that point, I remember feeling like you, it cycles. You have the people who are ready to talk about these issues, who are able to have uncomfortable conversations with understanding and patience. Mm -hmm. And then you have people who don't have it anymore. And so we have to not disrespect or put down the people who are able to go into these spaces and have these conversations that you, person, Mm -hmm. whoever you are, don't want to have or don't feel like we should have. So I want to encourage you, Noel, to keep doing the work. Let you know you are seen and supported, homie. And I want to validate for any person who's like, but who is he really pulling up? Look, I have people who have told me about the things that you've done for them and the opportunities you brought to their doors. So I want to just go out and say, I support you, boo. you doing your thing. Keep doing it because we need it. And I mean, I feel like we're already seeing the fruits of your labor, but I'm excited to see what's going to be in the next 20 years. Because I know the work that we're doing as a community, you, me, and everyone else who's a person of color within this industry, who's diversifying this industry and making a point to say we're here, I know that the long-term effects of us is going to be beautiful in the future. We just got to stick it through, right? Um, so I think that wraps us up is there anything you want to leave with the people anything I, you want to- i
1: i do i want to tell you how proud and much i appreciate you sister like seriously i remember when we like we first met and i made some like my usual acerbic you know kind of like joke and you looked at me side eye it was just like <laughs> you, <I forgot laughs> what you said. something like i'll snatch you up or you know, oh god don't like, tell
0: the people i'm violent now be and nice I was
1: just like, and, and i was just like okay we're gonna like we're gonna we're gonna be friends and Every time I see you, you know, through this podcast, through your your lives on IG, every opportunity you get, the opportunity that you had with Jackson family to go around with La Crema and, and just really spread your love and your message to be seen in that way in places that, again, we haven't always been you know, it, it gives me such hope, right? And again, this is me playing old man Burgess again because I'm probably I'm a I'm a generation older than you. But like seeing like what like what you do and you're authentically, you're just like, oh, well, she, you know, she's singing and, you know, she's I'm like, is that real? I'm like, no, that's 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 who she is. She's been rewarded. Hold up. You when, giving
0: me some tea. Someone asked if that was yeah. real.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, people, right? They were just like, well, you know, is that just a show? And I'm like, no, I'm like, that's part of who she. Like, who she? Is. If you talk to her one on one but that's not all she is. In between that, Future 40 and Wine enthusiasts, like all these things you've gotten, not because you're black, it's because you're talented and it's you. you. And I just, again, I love being around you and friends with you and a supporter of you and a colleague of you. And this podcast is just another way for you to express yourself and get our message out there. So I'm proud of you for what it's worth. And I can't wait to see you again, uh, hopefully soon in the future.
0: You're so sweet. (laughs) Thank you. Honestly, I I cherish our relationship as well. I take it very seriously. Um, And I know that it might sound weird, but I do. All the connections that I've made over the last two years within the wine industry, I just feel very fortunate that you guys found me or I found y'all, however it happened. We need to stick together. We need to support one another so that we can continue to make true impact in this industry. Because just doing it alone, we're never going to succeed. But coming together, we will. So thank you for the love. And just know that I love you too, boo. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. This episode of the Millennial Song Podcast. Okay, see, Uh -uh. boo. I have Uh -uh. a song Uh -uh. (laughs) all.
1: uh oh <laughs> Anita Faker has, um, has, has service again here it comes
0: <laughs> but yeah. um, tune in next week I'm excited for whatever conversation we're gonna have I love you guys so much see you next time bye bye uh... y'all
1: know what time it is time? the
2: millennial song podcast Have a seat and grab a glass, Millennial Song Podcast. Time to wind down, swirl that glass, open up. If you you like like, how it's feeling, catch the fire, turn it up. Y'all know what time it is, the Millennial Song song Podcast. Have a seat and grab a glass, Millennial Song Podcast. Time to wind down, swirl that glass, open up. If you you like like, how it's feeling, catch the fire.